I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 5, Episode 1. It's me, Jen, and I can't wait to share a whole bunch of itty-bitties with you. Things I found over the summer that I think you will like, too. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. So I spent the summer thinking about going on a completely almond diet, nothing but almonds. And then I thought to myself, you know what? That's just nuts. Well, hello there, podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so happy to be back. I've just finished my first full week of teaching. We went back really late. We go back late. Here in Ontario, if you're not an Ontario listener, we always go back after the long weekend in September, after Labor Day. This year, my district actually went back two days after that again because we have so many Jewish educator, educators in uh, in our district celebrating Rosh Hashanah. We couldn't start. Uh, the system didn't have the capacity to start with that many you know, supply teachers, occasional teachers. So we, uh, we didn't start till like September the 9th. We had two days. One was a full grade nine day. Uh, then everyone came in, and then we've just finished our first full week. And I'm telling you, teachers are walking around like zombies. Don't know how you're feeling, but it is exhausting. We're doing hybrid in my district, which is uh, proving to be very challenging. We have two and a half hour blocks for each of our classes. You see two classes a day for one week, and then the next week we switch for cohorting purposes. And it's just, it's banana cakes. But, you know, we're going to do it. I am back in my library. It's so exciting. I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved teaching last year. I really did uh, love to make those connections with my students. Uh, and I've, I've been able to see a bunch of my grade 11s here this year. They've come to visit me in the li- library learning commons. Um, but it's nice to be back where I have so much love and I can go back to my programming and, and do all that. So that's exciting. I hope you've had a great startup, whether you've been in for you know a week like me or some of you probably about six weeks, right? Like month and a half. Some people who are going back at the, at the beginning of, of August. I hope it's been good. Welcome back to Shooks and Gif. Um, this is Jen. Uh, you'll notice that I am flying solo again. Uh, Kim is continuing her hiatus uh, with her blessing. I am I'm going forward. I debated not doing the podcast, to be perfectly honest with you. I was like, oh, is it kind of weird, me all on my own? I don't know how I feel, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought, no, you know what? I, I do love finding things and, and sharing them out. And I know that there are at least a, a few of you out there, Vicky, you know, is out there. Jen Conti's out there listening to me. You know, there's John's out there. Um, Brian Briggs might even give this a listen if he's not too busy. And I don't know. There's a few of you who might want to hear my voice. So I appreciate the love on Twitter. A few of you reached out and asked when Shooks and Gif will start up. And lo and behold, we have. This episode is called The Itty Bitty Bonanza. I'm actually, for the first time maybe ever in uh, in the history of the podcast, this is season five, episode one. Very exciting stuff. In, uh, in the first time ever, I think I'm actually going to start a timer to make sure that I don't run crazy. Because I know last uh, season... Season four, we had some really long episodes. I'm going to try to keep them down to 30, but I love talking. You guys know this about me. I love to talk. 
If you're a new listener, welcome. This is Shooks and Gif. I am Gif. Uh, Shooks is Kim, who I was talking about earlier, and we just like to share, uh, you know, sort of ed tech tips. Itty bitties are just little tiny shares that we have. It might be a quick tool or a quick idea or a quick, you know, some port, sometimes it's a keyboard shortcut. And this is Itty Bitty Bonanzas. I ran across a ton this summer that I saw, and I, I really couldn't, I couldn't narrow it down. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to start firing out some itty bitties here. So let's, let's get started. Itty bitty number one. I'm going to lose track because I have it on my list here in bullets and not in a numbered list. So bear with me. Itty bitty number one is creating QR codes in Chrome. Now this isn't new, but in case you haven't seen it, you may have not realized it. We're doing a lot that's touchless because of COVID and the pandemic right now. And, and, and to that, to that, I hope this finds everyone and all your loved ones safe and healthy. Um, anyway, we're doing a lot touchless. So we're having students do a lot of QR code scanning. So for example, when they used to come into the learning commons here with me, they would have to type in their student number into a computer. So we would know who was in the space. Um, it helped me learn their names, which I really loved because it would go with the picture. We could also, you know, if admin came down and said, Hey, is so-and-so in here? We could check that out. Um, but we don't want them all touching the same keyboards, obviously, right? To stay, to stay safe. So um, QR codes have come in handy and you used to have to go to a QR code generator. I'm sure we've shared a few here on the show. But now if you're using Google Chrome, go up into the URL bar and just like click, click the URL. And what you're going to notice is normally when you, you're not clicked inside that URL bar, it's just going to have the, um, the star to favorite it and it'll have a... Um, uh, as the zoom magnifying glass but when you click in all of a sudden you get two other ones you get um, a computer it looks like a mobile device you can send the page to another device but also in there you have four squares that are outlined as qr code click that and it automatically will generate a qr code for that page with the little android dinosaur from the dinosaur game in the middle of it you can download it you can post it wherever you want you don't need any external kind of programming anymore. It's built right in there to Google Chrome. Super, super fun. Okay, itty bitty number two. This one comes from my friend Sean Fahey. Hi, Sean, if you're listening. Um, he, he explained that you can right click to get a link to any specific spot on a website. So he was in the ditch chat. And if you don't know ditch chat, you should follow it. It's on Tuesdays. Um, at 10 p.m. Eastern, they do a 30-minute thing and, and they they run. It's through, you know, Matt Miller and Carly Mora. Um, they run a Twitter chat and they just have little, um, like, I, I don't know, topics every week. And, and they're really, they're great. They have a lot of uh, information that comes out. People share a lot of cool things. And I'm always learning stuff when I, when I go back and I lurk at it later. So what he shared was that if you're on any kind of website and you right-click on that website. So I'm, I'm going to go... I don't know, I'm just going to go to any website here. And I'm going to, you know, scroll down into that website and maybe highlight some language there. Like, let's say, you know, like, oh, I want people to come to this part of the website. I can sort of highlight in there and then I'm going to right click. And one of the options that come up when you do that is a, um, in, in the right, sorry, in the right click, that pop-up menu, what you are going to see is you, you get this pop-up that basically says, create a link to this part of the page. You're like, what? And sure enough, it works. So instead of going to the top of the page, let's say you have an article or you have a really long blog post or something and you want something, you can highlight directly to that specific spot on a website. And that's just a right-click in Chrome and it's one of your options. I'm telling you folks, like right-clicking anywhere, you can discover so many fun things. And if you have a lot of extensions installed, sometimes you find, hey, I can just do this through a right-click instead of having to go up to my, you know, extensions on that 
uh, at the top of my my Chrome window. So thank you, Sean, for that. That's awesome. I will definitely be using that um, for things like, you know, in the library, I do like Owl at Purdue. And if I'm like, oh, I want to jump to this part of it, but it's not linked, there's no bookmark, that's how I can do it myself. So I thought that was a really great little share. Number three, the great John McGowan. Oh, man, John McGowan is such a brilliant mind. If you don't know John McGowan, he is behind the Auto Magical apps. If you don't know what that is, you might know a little Chrome extension called Equatio if you're a math or science teacher. Um, that used to be GMath, and that came from the mind of John McGowan. He's like, he's brilliant. He talks, when he talks about like, building apps and programming and computer, like, it just blows my mind every time. He's so smart and such a really, really nice guy. Anyway, he's created, uh, uh, he's left, he's left Equation, he's left um, Textile rather, and, and um, he started his own company now called Unicorn Magic. And we have talked about this before on the show, but I wanted to bring it back because he's done some iterations and I was in a training with Cobblestone Collective this week and I watched him. And I think a lot of teachers are really going to benefit from this auto magical forms. All of these, all these things I'm talking about, by the way, are linked in the show notes. So make sure you head on over to shooksandgift.com. Automagical forms, um, is an add-on that takes any PDF and automatically turns them into a Google form. So if you have a really old PDF of a quiz you want and, you know, for formative or summative assessment with your students, and you're like, oh, I don't want to have to type all this out. You need to check out this add-on. It is incredible. You upload the PDF, it'll ask you for permission, and then you say, okay, do you want to draw a box around? Like, let's say you have text above and you just, you have your question somewhere else. You can draw a box around and say, take all the text from in here. Or you can say, scan the whole text and automatically do it for me. And sure enough, it creates a Google form. And it, it through the power of the gremlins in your computer that we talk about, that AI technology, all of a sudden you have you know, question answers, you know, laid all out. It is so, so cool. And that's called Automagical Forms by Unicorn Magic. You've got to check it out. It has like over 10 million downloads or something in the in the Chrome web store or whatever we're calling it now. Can, for the love, Google, for the love. This is the first for the love of the fifth season. But can we please stop changing names? It's so confusing to me. Okay. The other one that I, I found this summer, this is itty bitty number four is called Classroom Quick View. I don't remember where I saw this. It might be John Sawash. I think it might be him. I'll give him credit. And if it's not his, whatever, I'll give him credit because he's awesome. Um, anyway, John or whomever shared this. It's called Classroom Quick View. It's a really easy extension. You install it. And I, I don't think teachers should, but I think it's good for students. They install it. And every time they open a new tab, it has this beautiful picture and then just a list of work that is coming up for them, pulled from Google Classroom. How cool is this to help students stay on track? So I'm working, I open that new tab, and I'm like, oh yeah, shoot, I have that that project that's due tomorrow. I better like get my mind on that. That constant visual reminder. So you know we have you know, bulletin boards in our room and this and that, but they don't necessarily have, or you know whiteboards, they don't necessarily have that at home. So this is a really cool way for students to be able to see that. And I love the idea, like if my own kids had this, when they're opening new tabs, I'd be able to go in there and see for all of their classes instead of having to log into, you know, the classroom, et cetera, et cetera. It's a quick visual for parents as well, or anyone who's at home helping these students. Love it. That's called Classroom Quick View. Okay, number five, whichbook.net. Okay, the librarian and me could not not share this, okay? This is a, a website. It's whichbook, which like, not which like Halloween witch, but like W-H-I-C-H, whichbook.net. And it's a site that will suggest a book for you based on 
different parameters. So one thing you can do is you can say, okay, I want a book based on the mood that I'm in. So and that that's the default. You can also say like based on like world maps, what are people reading around the world by by character and plot, bestsellers, et cetera, et cetera. But if I go into this mood and emotions, I can say, okay, I want to read one. Do I want it to be happy or sad? And then there's a little um, slider. And I can say, I want it to be more happy. Do I want it to be funny or serious? I want a funny book. I'm looking for funny books. And as I use these filters, all of these book covers appear on the right-hand side. And it helps you find a book based on what you want to read. So here, like one of the first ones that came up here is a Christopher Moore book. I love Christopher Moore. He's hilarious. Um, but they have things like, you know, you can take out like no sexual content if you're looking things for students, if you're looking for something that's more safe than disturbing, gentle or violent, easy or demanding, uh, unusual or conventional, optimistic or bleak, short or long. There's all of these. And I think this is such a great way for us to discover new things to read and for our students to discover new things to read. Now, I can't say if any of these books are good or how, how they've created of this algorithm but you're allowed to select up to four sliders and then it will come up with a bunch of books that you can have a look at and see hey yeah I want to read this let's go check if it's in my library or let's you know hit up Indigo or Chapters or Barnes and Noble or whatever bookstore or local you know small book company you want to support that would be awesome so yeah that's whichbook.net now if you're not a reader you should be a reader reading is amazing but anyway if you are not a reader there is a similar site called a good movie to watch a good movie to watch and it is a good movie to watch.com and similar to um to which book this will you know find you in as it says incredible movies and tv shows to watch so they have a filter called random very best or all movies so if i go random it's telling me right now that i should go watch here we go this is called ricardo oh no sorry it's called gifted it's called gifted and tells me that it's streaming right now. Oh, I can rent it on Amazon, iTunes, Microsoft, Vudu. Okay, and, and then it tells me, oh, expect both heavy emotional punches and great comedic moments in this engaging comedy drama. Boosted by amazing writing, the characters are easy to relate to but remain interesting throughout the movie with many ideas and layers to them. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. So I want a different one now. I'm going to go here and be like, okay, what else can I do? I'm like, I don't, I don't really want that one. And I can look again and it just gives me ideas if you're like, Ugh, I don't know what to watch and you're having one of those nights, this is where you can go. They also have um, TV shows, not only movies that you can uh, you can check out and then they rank them, the top shows. And, and a lot of them are rare finds, like things that I haven't heard about. And I love that it shows you where you can get these and it like talks about Netflix or Prime and it even has a drop down. So, you know, Canadian people who love our Netflix. I don't have to default to the US because we have different stuff up here. And I can say, okay, what's in what's on Netflix? So the first one is called Ethos. It's from 2020. Um, then Wild Wild Country from 2018 and Lovesick from 2018, which is a rom-com. It's a British series. Cool. Anyway, if you're looking for something to, to watch, a good movie to watch.com with movies and TV shows. Okay, that was number one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's go on to number seven. The higher lower game was something else that I saw. So in the past, you've probably heard me on the show talking about my interactive TV that I have, right? I have a TV here in in the learning commons where students can come in and I usually put games. Now, we, we don't have a lot of touching this year um, of different surfaces for safety reasons, right? We want to keep things clean. But uh, this I thought would be pretty cool. And sort of if you're if you have like five minutes left in class or kids are coming in and you're looking for something fun to play, I thought this was really cool. And I think it can 
can really um, allow some interesting conversation around what we Google. So the premise of the game is really simple. You can play it classically or I'm going to beat the clock. You are trying to guess what gets Googled more. Okay, that's it. So I'm going to go on a classic one here on mine. So I click the little classic button. It says, okay, what do you think is Googled more? North Korea, which has 9.1 million hits, or the movie American History X. I think American History X is lower, and I am right. It only has 301,000, so I'm on a streak of one. So then it says, okay, now let's go to the next one. American History X or Braveheart? I think Braveheart has more, and I'm right, 450,000. And you just keep going, and it gives you scores, and then as soon as you get one wrong, you're out. So you try to beat your high score. It's fun. It's kind of mindless, and I think it's just a fun way to, to kill some time with some students and really think about why. And and some of them come close and you might be like, well, why would that be searched more? And what would cause that? And, and there's, I think, some like historical conversations that can happen around uh, this website. And that's called The Higher Lower Game. Okay, this I found on TikTok. I follow this guy on Twitter. I follow a bunch of different people, but this one guy in particular who shares a whole bunch of great things and his name, of course, escapes me right now. Um, but he shared why2mate.com. Why like the letter Y, to the number mate.com. And this allows you to download any YouTube video. All you need to do is, if you're watching a YouTube video, you're like, oh, I want this. I want to download this. I want to be able to have it so that if, you know, it gets taken away, I can I can grab it and, you know, throw it in your Google Drive or your OneDrive, wherever. Um, between the word tube and the dot com, so YouTube, you write PP, PP, the letter P like Peter, twice. Between... So youtubepp.com and it will open to this y2mate.com and it'll allow you to download various resolutions of the video that you're watching. I love this because sometimes videos get taken down when we're teaching and you're like, oh, this is the perfect thing and I need to do this. Questions on legality, I'm sure, are going to come up. I don't know how above board this is. Uh, I certainly think if you reposted it, if you sold it, I wouldn't do it. I'd need to look more in it. And of course, different regions are going to have uh, different copyright rules about how you use it um but so that you have it i i don't know i like it i like it but i would be leery to to use it with students in my capacity because of course i need to we all need to um exhibit some really good digital citizenship but just in case you're looking to download something from youtube check out y2mate.com all right the next one i really made an effort to go to bed on time and early because my clock's off because I start, I'm having to get up at 6.30, which I haven't had to do in basically a year and a half. And I've been, I've been sleeping until like, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock because that's what time I could get up for school at nine. And I didn't have to go anywhere. I just had to, you know, throw on a nice shirt and brush my hair. You didn't even have to brush your teeth really, I guess, because we're online. But now that I'm back face to face, um, I'm realizing, okay, I really want to feel rested and get some good sleep. So I, I went looking for, okay, what time should I go to bed? And I found this site called Sleepy Time, and it's sleepyti.me. So sleepy time with the period in the middle or the dot in the middle of the T-I and M-E. And it will tell you, based on your age, when you should go to bed or when you should wake up. So it'll say either I have to wake up at or I ha I'm going to sleep at what time should I set my alarm for? So I said, okay, I, I want to wake up at 6.30. And it's saying, okay, it gives you a 15-minute grace period to like wind yourself down. It also, I, I don't know if I said this, it calculates for age as well. So I'd like to actually try it with my kids um, maybe next week. 
And it says you should start winding down at 10.15 because the average person takes 15 minutes to fall asleep, which I laughed at because I take 15 seconds and my husband takes 15 hours. Um, so I, uh, which he, he wouldn't find that joke funny. He gets so mad how quickly I can fall asleep. So they say you should wind down at 10.45 and then at 11 o'clock you should be lights out and you should feel rested. Folks, I am telling you right now that I have done this except one night. And I am so refreshed in the morning. I get through enough sleep cycles, I guess. I've had deep sleeps. I've had good sleeps, except for the one night that I pushed it and I went to bed around 1130 instead. And then I was groggy in the morning when my alarm went off. But if you are one that's looking to like improve your sleep patterns and you're just wondering, okay, when should I go to sleep? And, and it gives you multiple windows. So it said, you know, you should go to bed at 11 or maybe I think 1215 was the next one. So if I miss it, they're like, it's better that you stay up because you're going to feel rested. So I'm keeping that in mind as well. But sleepy time dot me. So sleepy time is an interesting thing to check out if you're feeling like you're sort of dragging and you might need to get those sleep cycles going. There you go. Sleepy time. I still have more. Can you believe it? I still have more. Okay. How secure is my password? So you may have gotten a lot of uh, Chrome pop-ups saying you have compromised, you should change your passwords, et cetera, et cetera. And I found this website. It's um, security.org and forward slash how dash secure dash is dash my dash password. Again, linked in the show notes. And you can enter any password and it will tell you how much time it would take for a computer to crack that password. And if you're talking digital citizenships with your kids, I think this would be a really fun tool to see, okay, how crazy a password that we would actually remember could we create that would take it so, so, so long. And, and even seeing like just one character change, how it can change from minutes to days and how long it would take to to crack that code. Great for great for digital citizenship. And again, that's security.org forward slash how secure is my password with dashes between each word. And I'll tell you, I changed a couple passwords because of it. Okay, I did that. Okie dokie. The next one's an art one. And this is called, I, I don't I don't know if I'm pronouncing it wrong or right rather. So I apologize if I'm not. It's called AI Gahaku, G-A-H-A-K-U. It's an AI artist named AI Gahaku who generates masterpieces for your photos. What do you mean by that? So I can take any photo that I have, I upload it to this website, and then I choose a genre or a style of art. Okay, um, and there's there's an app for this as well. Um, it's saying that it works best with landscape portrait objects. Um, it doesn't really work well with animals or illustrations, but I'm going to you know select something from my library here. Bear with me for one second while I do this. Sorry, I meant to pull this up earlier, but now you get to now you get to just listen to me chat here. I'm gonna pull up my my headshot. I have that's one that I store locally here. So it's changing the painting style. The AI artist has started to draw a landscape. It's almost done. You can see it, it pulls together in like pixels, it pulls together the actual photo. And then it says, okay, well, how, how do you want to do this? And it gives you various painting types. Now I am not by any stretch of the imagination an art connoisseur, an art historian, but like there's some that's sort of like Monet-ish looking and like that, the pointillism. And there's some that looks a little bit like Picasso. There's some that's very like, and you can choose different types of art to turn your pictures into. Um, I think it's a really fun little art piece to look at. Um, I'm sure elementary art teachers could have a lot of fun with this with their kids just to talk about, okay, this is a kind of art. What might your, this picture look like in this way? And students can see how, how pictures can change based on the kind of art that is being explored. Okay. 
How many more do I have here? One, two. Oh, oh I'm, I'm doing pretty well. How, how much time? How much time am I doing? Am I keeping? Oh, I'm only 20 minutes. It's so good. I'm doing so well. Way to go, GIF. Okay. So the next one that I have is called Name Drop. And I, I heard about this because I was working with someone and and I I, I, I won't share her name just because I'm not sure if she wants to be on this, but um, she has a name that's that's unique and perhaps I imagine mispronounced quite often. And I, I hate when people mispronounce names. I don't like to do it to people. I don't like when I'm like when people call my house and like, can I speak to Mrs. Griffin? I'm like, there's no Griffin here or Griffith or Giffin's a name that's not common. Listen, my, my maiden name was Belle. It like never got butchered. And since becoming a Giffin, when I got married, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Same with Jen. I, I spell Jen with one N, not two Ns. Um, and a big pet peeve of mine is when I send someone an email and I clearly in my signature have Jen Giffen, one N, I sign off, okay, talk soon, Jen. And then my signature is underneath, so it's there twice. And they respond to me, hi, Jen, with two Ns. It, to me, it's just, it's careless. It's it's not respectful. Call people by their names and get it right. So there's this website called Name Drop. And if you're someone who's always having your name mispronounced, it lets you record you saying your own voice. And then from there, it creates a landing page and then the, it's freemium. And in the free version, you, you can upload a picture of yourself, but you can't change the backgrounds or the colors. Um, but then you go into it and you can, it creates a link to this landing page site. You can put that into a signature, let's say, or into a slide deck if you're, if you're doing any kind of presentations. You can put that link then into your signature and say, hey, you want to learn how to pronounce my name? And then hyperlinked so they can go in and hear how to say it. So if it's someone who you're eventually going to speak to, like I had to with this person. I loved it because I was like, oh, that's how you say it. And I was able to pronounce the name properly because sometimes people get awkward. Like, how do you say your name? And I can't remember. Or you've told me six times, but I still can't get it. This is a great way to do it. I love it. It's called, it's Name Drop. And you can find that at namedrop.io. Check that out. The next one comes from Ontario friend John So. And John shared in a Slack group that I'm part of about bamboozle games. And these are half a million games created by teachers. I've never seen them. It's been around for a while, apparently. But I'm like, oh, these are sort of fun. Again, if you're looking to um, fill up some time, like the higher, lower game, check this out. Um, they have half a million games. So a couple that I looked at was like, think of a word. So you have to look at a GIF, GIF, not Jeff C. When Shooks isn't here, it's hard G all the way. Um, you think of a word and if your word is in the list of words and the answers, you get points. So, you know, you would see it's a GIF of, you know, the, the celebration, like the, the horn and the confetti and all that. You would see this and, you know, if you put celebration or party, if it's in the list, you get the points and you go on. Another one that I saw was name three and 10 where you have to name three things in 10 seconds. And if you get all three of them that match what they've put in, then you get points based on how many of them you've matched and, and you have cards. And you can make teams in a lot of them. And so they're these little tiny micro games, but a lot of fun um, if you're looking to do sort of fun activities or have like a little brain break with your students, check it out. Bamboozle Games, it's called. And it can be found at... Let me go into this hyperlink here. It can be found at, I think it's just bamboozle.com. Yep, bamboozle.com. Okie dokie. My, I think this is my last one. My last one? No, no, it's not. I have another little itty bitty. This just came out this morning. In fact, I just added this in. Coming soon to a Google site near you, you will be able to create your own themes. All the colors. All of the fonts, anything that you want, you can personalize it. Why do I love this? Because often you have a brand that you want to go, you want to match your school colors or you yourself, you know, you might have a company that you want to match and, and you want to have personalized styles. And we haven't been able to do that so far in Google 
um, in Google Sites, and now we can. And it's it's under I think it's under slow release. I I, I oh yeah, you know what? I'll I'll go look. Here's what it says. It's the release time is rapid release. A full rollout will start rapid release starting September 16th, and f- uh, full rollout starting October 6th. So everyone should have it by Thanksgiving. And that's Canadian Thanksgiving for all you American friends, okay? Um, So like the second week in October, give that a look. Um, I think that looks really cool. And I think it gives a lot more um, creative um, license, let's say, to uh, people who are looking to do some work in Google Sites. I think it's so fun. Okie dokie. The last one I have is it's a website and a Chrome extension. And it's called Natural Reader natural reader and you can find it at natural reader sorry natural readers with an s.com i've been using this so you've probably heard me talk about before i i'm a librarian i love books i love to read but when i had bennett my oldest uh, 11 years ago i i couldn't i couldn't read anymore i used to read before bed i'd fall asleep i couldn't do it i was like i'm not gonna read i'm so sad i'm an english teacher i mean now i'm a librarian i love my i've been in a book club for 18 years I need time to read. So I, I really got into audiobooks. And and I lo- well obviously I'm a podcaster and I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I love the audio element. And there's times that I'm online and I'm like, "Oh, I just want someone to read this to me." And I know there's there's places that you can do this, but this is another one that I found. So what you do is on their website, you can drag and drop files or you can type or copy and paste and then edit the text into this natural reader. And it's a professional text-to-speech program that converts everything into spoken words that I find is not too robotic. Um, the paid version has a lot more features, but the freemium I, works really well for me. It supports PDFs, um, text um, docs, slide decks, um, pages, I think EPUB, but only certain types of EPUB. Um, it's really cool. And there's a Chrome extension as well. So I can highlight part of a page, click the Chrome extension, and then play around with what voice is reading to me, the speed at which it's doing so I'll often find articles that I want to read quickly, but I'm doing something, let's say, around my office or in the library, and I can play it there. The other thing is you can actually download the audio. So if it's something a bit longer, I could then download it and listen to it in my car on my drive home or when I'm out on a walk or watching the kids at the baseball diamond. Um, there's, I, I think it's really cool. It's called Natural Reader. And if you're someone who really likes audio and wants things read to you, because maybe you're a bit of a multitasker, that's just the way that you like to learn, or your students like to learn this way, I would definitely check it out. I'm loving it. So I have a lot more that I saw during the summer that I, I really liked. And I'm like, oh, I should I should check this out and I, I should share this. Um, I have been creating, if you do not know, wakelets of, it was every month, like, hey, cool things I saw in June that you should check out. And I will put a link to the rest of the things that I saw online this summer. I've, I probably went through half of them, but if you are into the itty bitties and you really like these cool web finds, definitely check out the wakelet. It is there. Uh, on the show notes. And that's it. That's my bonanza. I think I had just over 12, I think, somewhere around there. Hopefully there's something in there that you might find useful. If you do use something and if you're finding it pretty cool, give me a a shout out on Twitter. I'm at virtual gif with two Fs, hard G. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to to Shooks and Gif. I'm going to try to keep an every other week schedule like we've been doing. I know in our intro, I I listened to our intro for the first time and I don't know how many seasons. I'm like, oh, it says every week because Kim and I used to do this every week, but now there's only one of me. Maybe I'm just doing it every two weeks. I don't know. And even Kim and I went every two. It was just a lot. We don't always have a lot. So I'd rather give you some cool stuff. And like I said, I'm going to try to keep it to the 30-minute mark. And I'm showing about 30 minutes now. So I'll leave you with that, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. Be well. I'll see you on the social medias. And we will see you next episode.
That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.